We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. You are listening to Rotoviz Radio, a fantasy football podcast with your host, Matthew Friedman. Hey guys, welcome along. It's not Matthew Freeman today. It's myself, Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. It is the NFL Draft Preview Series. We're covering all 32 teams with 32 beat reporters. Matt has been doing a fantastic job throughout the series, but I'm going to cover him for today's show as we talk about the Minnesota Vikings. On today's edition of the show, I'm joined by Chris Tomasin, and we're going to talk about the Vikings. As I mentioned, he covers the team and the NFL for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. On this edition of the show, we're going to talk about Kirk Cousins, his move over from Washington, what that means for the team and their draft approach. We're going to talk about their skill position core, Dalvin Cook, much, much more on that angle. And then, of course, with the draft, with free agency, what he expects the team to do moving forward as a team who, at the end of the season, really were going very, very strong up until they faced the Eagles in that NFC Championship game. So how they restock, reevaluate, and move on as they head towards the 2018 season where they should be a major force in the NFL. Before I bring on Chris, I want to remind all the listeners that you can get a 30% discount to a Rotovis NFL pass exclusively for listening into the podcast channel. 
The discount is available through the podcast homepage at isrotaviz.com forward slash podcast. The regular price for the NFL pass is exceptional value in my opinion, but to get a 30% discount just for listening to the podcast is just top notch. So check that out, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. That gives you exclusive access to all our NFL content and tools. And best of all, it supports the pod. So be sure and get that 30% discount now for Rotaviz NFL pass at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. So let's get to the guest. Joined now on the show by Chris Thomason of the St. Paul Pioneer Press. He covers the team and, of course, the NFL for the paper. And it's uh, great to have you aboard the show. Thanks for jumping on. Hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Obviously, we're talking about the Minnesota Vikings. If we're looking at their draft picks with how well they done last season, they're picking 30th overall in that first round. And throughout the draft, all the way to the seventh round, where they have pick seven rather than pick 30 at that point but the team have been very active all off season i guess we have to start before we even get to touching on the draft with the kurt cousins signing arguably the best free agent quarterback in recent memory he had been franchise tagged twice by the vikings then he did get onto the market this year signed that three-year 84 million dollar contract that is fully guaranteed with the team and then of course the rest of the quarterback carousel that happened there with case keenum teddy bridgewater sam bradford all moving on from the vikings then trevor simeon coming into backup cousins what are your expectations for the offense with cousins under center and how how do you think it's going to change with uh, john DeFilippo coming in as offensive coordinator well there will be pressure on kirk cousins to take the vikings to the next level i mean entering the season after going the nfc championship game some will think that the season is only successful if they go to the Super Bowl. Case Keenum took over a quarterback last year, led the Vikings to a 13-3 and record. He, you know, after being just an average player and a backup earlier in his NFL career, he suddenly emerged, but he maybe kind of showed his true colors, perhaps, in the NFC Championship game when they lost 38-7 to to Philadelphia, and he kind of wilted, and I think that ended up seen the difference. The Vikings didn't feel they could throw wheelbarrows full of money at Case Keenum based on just one season and coming off a game like that, while Kirk Cousins has a more proven track record. But still, I mean, Kirk Cousins has a losing overall NFL record, so uh, he's got something to prove. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and you mentioned there, of course, with Kirk Cousins, the overall losing record in the NFL since he's come in and his time. But he has developed over the, the last couple of years. And, you know, I think there really is with the, the quarterback market at the minute, really the contract is a fair contract based on the fully guaranteed money based over the three years. Even if it was a five-year contract, those first three years probably would have been close to fully guaranteed. So being around the team, have you, you know, any issues with the contract or do you think it was a, a smart move by the team at this early stage? You know, you've got to pay quarterbacks. That's the bottom line. Um, I mean, whoever they got, they were going to have to pay. If they kept uh, Case Keenum, he got $18 million from Denver. They would have had to have paid certainly a similar amount. I mean, you know, they could have gotten Teddy Bridgewater more so on the Chiefs, but people are wondering if he's ever going to be the same player after his horrific knee injury from a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is there was an opportunity to get a free agent in his prime and quarterback. Those opportunities don't arise very often. And uh, the Vikings, with their pretty darn good defense, aren't going to be picking high in the draft anytime soon to get a quarterback. So this was the chance. This was the window the Vikings believed. And uh, 
they had to pay up. Yeah, and with the uh, with the quarterback situation, obviously you mentioned they don't get to you know free agency that much, and they certainly don't get to free agency when they're healthy. Anytime we do see them get to free agency, it tends to be you know Peyton Manning situation with the injury. Uh, so that it is uh, obviously something that I think the Vikings are going to really relish uh, as they move forward here. They also got Trevor Simeon, as I mentioned, as a backup quarterback, and I think that is certainly one of the best backup quarterbacks that any team in the NFL has. So really, really strong now at that position as they head into the 2018 season. You mentioned with the defense and how good they. They were, I think, you know, outside of them and the Jaguars, I think they were the two best defenses from a whole overall point of view last year. They gave up the second least amount of touchdowns in the NFL, only to the Jaguars behind that. I was very impressed with them all season long, but they have actually bolstered the defensive line by signing Sheldon Richardson this offseason. How big of a defensive boost do you think that is to that front line? And, you know, now with, I guess, the overall across the board, I mentioned they're in the top two defenses in the NFL. Do you think this year, it's hard to get much better than that, but do you, you think they'll sustain at least that level of defense across this season? Well, the Vikings talked about having the best defense in the NFL before the start of the season, and they lived up to it, finished number one in the NFL in both scoring and total defense. But then the defense fell apart in the Philadelphia game that we've touched upon, and uh, that was kind of a mystery why they were just lit up as they are. Mike Zimmer, who calls the defensive plays, has come out and said that he called a bad game. But the bottom line is they're not resting on their laurels with defense. They went out, as you mentioned, and got Richardson, who uh, takes over a three-technique defensive tackle. That was one of the weaker starting spots on the defense. Uh, Tom Johnson had filled the role previously, but he had been a backup before that. So he takes over as the starter there. He's made a pro bowl. There's been some questions about the effort that he sometimes gives. So uh, he's got a one-year deal, though, a one-year prove-it deal. So if he wants to cash in for even bigger bucks, uh, uh, one-year $8 million deal, $11 million with incentives, if he wants to cash in even bigger, he's going to have to have a good season. And so, uh, yeah, they haven't rested on their laurels, and uh, that's one reason why they're spending big money on Richardson. Yeah, and when you look at it, you know, we kind of mentioned uh, the 16-game sample size, 16 game sample size of the NFL season, then you have the playoffs, and we talked about the situation with Case Keenan falling apart in that playoff game against the Eagles, and then the defense obviously didn't perform. You know, I, I think it's more likely that we are, you know, it's a 16-game sample size versus the one-game sample size, so I think they're going to be back on uh, full force this season, and, you know, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, so <laughs> certainly not looking forward to going up against that Vikings defense. Then when you look at the rest of some of the moves they made this offseason before we get to the draft, they have signed Eric Kendricks to a five million or a fifty million five year contract extension. Even though Kendricks is under contract uh, over the next couple of years, there's a bit of work to do with Stefan Diggs, Anthony Barr, and Danielle Hunter all entering the final year of their deals. Do you think we see them get extended this off season? How do you see that shaking out from a you know a contract extension point of view? They're going to try. There's no doubt about it. Anthony Barr is making twelve million, so. That's going to be a tough negotiation because he's obviously going to want more money than that. He's making 12 this coming year on his fifth-year option. Stefan Diggs, wide receivers have been getting a crazy amount of money of late. And, uh, you know, Diggs just hasn't been able to really stay fully healthy the last couple seasons. And uh, he's become the Vikings' second-best receiver in reality behind Adam Thielen. I mean, he's been solid, so do you throw the same money at him at this point, or do you kind of wait and see how it shakes out this season? So that's kind of an interesting negotiation. 
And then Daniel Hunter, I mean, everybody knows that pass rushers get paid. And I was talking to one salary cap analyst. He thinks that they'll probably wait until after the season on Hunter and most likely franchise him if they can't reach a long-term extension. But, you know, he's a pass rusher and a young and up-and-coming guy, so he could be in line for, you know, crazy amounts of money, 14, 15 million a year so. And you also mentioned Stefan Diggs when we were talking there. And, you know, he's somebody who hits all the metrics as a wide receiver, but health, health-wise he has struggled to stay healthy. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. But with him, with Thielen, who has been an absolute star over the last two seasons, they also have uh, now have signed Tavares King and Kendall Wright in free agency. And, of course, they have uh, Dalvin Cook coming back from injury. He looked very solid in his first couple of games of the season. Then they have moved on from Jarek McKinnon, who's now with the 49ers. So we're starting to look towards the draft now. I think, you know, maybe a, a second or a backup or a secondary running back is somewhere where they might look in this draft. With Cook's return, how much of an important role do you think he plays in this offense? And then what do you think they do at the running back position in the NFL draft? You know, I think they're in solid position at running back. I mean, Dalvin Cook, all reports are that he's feeling quite well from his torn ACL injury. And Latavius Murray, I mean, he might be the best backup running back in the NFL. I mean, he was thousand-yard runner a couple of years ago with the Raiders and uh, started to come on last season after a slow start. But they lost Jarek McKinnon to the uh, 49ers. I mean, that third down type of back, that really good pass catcher, elusive type of guy. So um, they'll probably grab a running back at some point, maybe later in the draft. I mean, Naeem Hines of North Carolina State, maybe he's a McKinnon type replacement, might be a guy to keep an eye on. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, they'll probably maybe look to grab a running back because uh, Murray's entering the final year of his contract, and he's a guy who. Uh, if Cook is definitely the man in the future, is going to want to maybe start somewhere, so he might be gone. So uh, they need at least a third running back for this year and a, and a guy who could at least be their two running back possibly in 2019. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I agree with uh, what you said there based on uh, you know Latavius Murray and the situation with Dalvin Cook. You need somebody in there then as well to challenge. I don't think it's a, a key area of need, but I think it is somewhere where they'll address probably in those later rounds. But what are some of the biggest positions often need you see for this Vikings team after what they did in free agency and as they head towards the draft? Where do you expect those early round picks to, to be designated? Well, clearly the biggest need is on the offensive line. Right guard Joe Berger has retired the starter there, so they got to figure out who's going to start at that spot. I mean, one option is moving Mike Remmers from right tackle to the right guard spot. He played guard uh, late last season after Nick Easton's uh, injury and uh so that's one option and then Rashad Hill would move in at right tackle or maybe they can draft a tackle a guy who could start possibly right tackle or they just maybe look to draft a starting right guard type I mean it's a fairly deep uh, guard market right now which leads some to believe that maybe the Vikings uh, can get a quality guard you know second round possibly and then can take the best player available on their board in the first round if it's not a guard and it's possible if that's the case they might look at cornerback i mean cornerbacks are always hard to find it it's unclear if terrence newman is going to come back but he's turning 40 anyway and uh, mckenzie mckenzie alexander hasn't done a ton in his two seasons so they could look at cornerback and then they could look at interior 
defensive line, a defensive tackle. I mean, we talked about Richardson, but the Vikings lost some depth with Tom Johnson and Shamar Stephan both going to Seattle. They've got Jaleel Johnson, but they still might want some more depth in the interior defensive line. I mean, uh, Mike Zimmer always talks about wanting to have three guys rotating at that spot, so perhaps it will be you know, including the nose tackle, so perhaps it'll be Linville, Joseph, uh, Richardson, and then Johnson. But still, if there's an injury there, they need another guy after that, obviously. Yeah, and you mentioned as well, like the positions that you mentioned, you can never have enough of those guys. Obviously, the key issue, I think, is offensive line. But then when you look at, you know, cornerback, defensive end, defensive tackle, you know, offensive tackle, you can really never have too many of those guys. So when you do have that opportunity to go for those sort of positions, I think it's a key area. You mentioned as well Terrence Newman being 40. What's your expectation? Do you think he comes back this season or do you think they'll need to draft somebody to immediately fill in at that slot? You know, it's always hard to take. Okay, God. I mean, he made about $3 million or so last year, but the Vikings are, I'm not saying they have cap problems, but they're watching their money very carefully with these extensions that they have to give. And you just can't give a 40-year-old reserve cornerback $3 million. I mean, just because, hey, you know, he's a good leader and a great guy and all that. So he's going to have to take that, whether he's going to be willing to do that, that remains to be seen. But, you know, He's 40. I mean, he's starting to slowly show his age. He he got beat pretty good in the uh, Philly game that we talked about. So, uh, sure, the Vikings would like to have him back. He's a he's a good leader and a good guy to have around at cornerback with his experience. But you can't break the bank for him. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, somebody you can have around for that locker room presence, but then you have to measure that up against uh, all the cap moves that they're going to have to do this off season and looking ahead to next season. You mentioned Himes as a possibility at the running back position. Is there any guys in that kind of day two, day three that you think could slot in uh, into this team that you've heard reports that the team may be interested in and, and that kind of round uh, three to round six range? Well, Holden Hill, cornerback Texas, is the guys that they might be looking at. They could use a tight end, maybe Ian Thomas. Descent, uh, you know, from Indiana, and uh, there's a local guy who might be a second rounder or could fall into the third rounder at uh, on the offensive line. He's from uh, a local Twin Cities high school. It's Frank Gregg now out of Arkansas. He had an injury last year, so he's going to slip a little bit in the draft, second, third round pick. And he grew up a Viking fan. They'd obviously he'd obviously love to come to the Vikings and. Uh, you know, maybe uh, a safety at some point. Ronnie Harrison at Alabama, second-round kind of guy. They need a linebacker, maybe an Andre Smith from North Carolina State. And there's perhaps more need for a linebacker with the news that Cantrell Brothers has been suspended for the first four games for a PED violation. He only played nine defensive snaps last year, but he's a key special teams guy and gives them depth and they also lost Emmanuel Lemur in uh, free agency. I mean uh, basically their linebackers played a lot of snaps last year. They were fortunate that Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks stayed healthy but there's not a lot of linebacker depth after those guys. 
Yeah, and the, the Vikings last year were exceptionally healthy on the defensive side of the ball, and sometimes that doesn't tend to roll over from year to year. So hopefully they'll be able to stay healthy this year. It'll be interesting to see those moves that they make in the draft. And what the PED suspension, maybe the team might have heard that was coming down the, the pipeline there, but um, you know it's always put a spanner in the works just before the NFL draft. The one thing I want to ask you before we wrap up here, Chris, is with Mike Zimmer. Uh, since he's come over to the Vikings, you know I thought he was underrated before he came to the Vikings when he was with the Bengals, and I think he's done an absolutely magnificent magnificent job with the team since he came over how impressed have you been with how he's been able to get this defense play and now they have the offense starting to look very very strong they have a quarterback now who comes in who should be a major upgrade at the position how do you feel uh, the turnaround or the the improvements under Mike Zimmer have been and uh, where would you rate him as an NFL head coach among among the top uh, coaches in the league well he certainly had a good coaching run and uh, but he still has more to prove obviously I mean, he's one and two in the playoffs, and the one game that they've won in the playoffs was on that miraculous New Orleans game hey, that uh, by all accounts they should have <laughs> lost. So he obviously has to, and they fell apart in the NFC Championship game. So they obviously have to, he has to prove himself as a playoff coach. But there's no doubt that he's come in, he's changed the culture with the Vikings, made them a tougher team. I mean, he's known for his. Uh, defensive abilities as a longtime defensive coordinator and he's done an incredible job of building up the defense since he's been here as we touched upon first in both total defense and scoring defense offense uh, it worked out quite well with pat Shermer. he did a phenomenal job as the offensive coordinator now we get john de filippo and reviews have been great about him but he's still got to prove it so uh how far mike zimmer goes a lot's going to depend on uh, how DeFilippo De does with the offense this year. Yeah, lots of great information there, Chris. I really enjoyed the time talking to you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you once again for jumping aboard Rotoviz Radio. All right, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. So we just finished talking with Chris Thomason, and of course I mentioned at the start of the show you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Thomason. Get all the Vikings news on his feed there, writing for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. I'm going to give you some of my thoughts now on the Minnesota Vikings, what I expect for them heading to the draft, what I expect for them coming out of the draft and heading towards the 2018 season. We talked about the team needs, offensive guard, cornerback, defensive and defensive tackle, offensive tackle. You know, as good as this defense was last year, we kind of mentioned it did crumble in the NFC Championship. And I said the 16-game sample size of the regular season versus the uh, playoff season that they finished up with is obviously the sample size that I'm going to go with. I think this team is going to have uh, one of the top three defenses in the NFL this coming season. The addition of Sheldon Richardson is going to help them. We'll see what they do in the draft. But uh, there's a couple of interesting uh, parts to it as the defense starts to slightly age, I think. With Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes starting at cornerback, I think they have a really solid core there. But then behind that, there's some issues. And again, at the slot corner position where Terrence Newman, who is going to be 40 years old when the season starts, hasn't been resigned as of yet. But uh, with the, the season coming up, you know, it's an issue that they really need to try and get somebody in there. Second round pick in 2016, Mackenzie Alexander ranked 106th out of 121 cornerbacks for pro football focus coverage grade. So obviously... You know, you're looking at where you're going to dive in there. And then again, at uh, safety, they have a really solid pairing with Anderson Deho and Harrison Smith. So there really, really is a real solid group of starters. But as I mentioned, then behind that, 
there's some weaknesses and they really need to get that depth so when they get to the draft and you know if it's cornerback defensive end linebacker whatever it tends to be if one of those players do fall to them that they think is you know a player they've evaluated and think highly of i think those are areas even though they are quite strong outside the slot corner position i think they still can go and get that depth because as i mentioned last year they did stay incredibly healthy all season long and that's just something that doesn't happen very often in the NFL. So we'll see how they stay health-wise this year. But just a little bit of depth is something that I think they need on the defensive side of the ball. Chris touched on the fact with uh, you know Mike Zimmer wanting to have more pass rushers, trying to have that. So they have a rotation of three or more pass rushers. Everson Griffin is 30. Daniel Hunter, who is a younger player developing, does need to look about getting that contract. But it looks like, you know as you mentioned, probably wait till next year and then keep him under the franchise tag with the way some of these other players' contracts are more uh, needed to be solved in the very near future rather than waiting and his can wait and then get the franchise tag down the line. So I think we'll see them look for some reinforcements on that side of the ball. Then when you move to the offensive side of the ball, this is the side that I, I get excited by the Minnesota defense, watching them play the way they go. Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, just so many uh, talented players and uh, very, very good uh, in terms of technique to watch them play on a, on a weekly basis. But um, some of the players they might target, you know, if they're looking offensive guard, uh, Isaiah Wynn might be there for them. Uh, cornerback Josh Jackson. Then uh, if you're looking, you know, offensive tackle or offensive guard, there's Colton Miller, there's Will Hernandez, just um, you know Connor Williams maybe a little bit later in the draft. We'll see how they go on those sides of the ball, but you know I think we'll see them go. Even though defense is the strength of this team, I think defense is where they'll really look to strengthen in this draft and get that depth as they move into it. Because I think when I'm going to talk now about the offensive side of the ball, I think they're really set there outside of maybe as I mentioned that third running back spot or the pass catching running back we'll see you know as we move into the draft of that somewhere they go a little bit later it's a really uh, deep draft uh, in terms of the the running back position so we'll see what their decision is there there is that is the key on the offensive side of the ball i think they'll look for but moving on to that i mentioned the situation obviously with kurt Cousins signing that monster contract coming over there's a few interesting things to look about he's finished as a top 10 quarterback the last three years and of course uh, this year I think that's going to happen again when you look at some of the, the stats I'm going to talk about now and the improvements that he has at his pass catching core he's completed at least 64% of his passes in those seasons thrown for at least 4,000 yards uh, in those seasons scored at least 29 touchdowns in those last three seasons so it's been a really really strong run for him he has attempted at least 540 passes in those seasons that might come down this year as we see Minnesota might go a little bit more ground might go a little bit more on the defensive side of things but then when you take in a quarterback a franchise quarterback back him 84 million guaranteed over those three years maybe those pass attempts stay the same i think you know averaging 500 pass attempts in a season should be easy enough for him so maybe it comes down but i think there's still gonna be enough production with this offense to be able to get that done so taking what he's done in the past and mixing it in with mike zimmer i mentioned zimmer might you know go a little bit of a different direction but the vikings have thrown the ball less than 530 times in three of the last four seasons that is three of the four seasons that zimmer has been in charge so don't be expecting it to just be, you know, going in the air all the time. And with Dalvin Cook, if he does come back healthy, ready for training camp, we'll see a nice balance. And uh, even if it is, you know, 500 times uh, passing this season, 510 times, let's let's just split the difference and uh, go that way. I think uh, with the if Cousins can improve his efficiency a little bit, I think we can uh, see a nice jump from him. And the reason I think that nice jump is really uh, likely this season is I think in terms of his pass catchers he is getting a huge huge upgrade uh, you know the receiver core in Washington 
was talented. It was talented even more so prior to last season when some of the changes happened. But last season, let's just have a little bit of a comparison in what we've seen in 2017. Stefan Diggs is going to be there this year in Washington. We're going to have Adam Thielen. We're going to have Kyle Rudolph. And we look at the comparison then with Dawson Crowder and Vernon Davis last season. Obviously, Reed was out of the picture for a long time. Just looking across the board at some of the things uh, you know that you can go for wide receivers and pass catchers. I'm going to go for drop percentage, catch percentage, yards per reception, and touchdowns on the season. If we look at Diggs, you know his drop percentage five point nine. Then if we compare him to Doxon, who had seven point nine, so that's two percent more in terms of drops, which doesn't sound like a lot, but over an NFL season, it makes a large, large difference to the quarterback performance. Thielen then had five point two in terms of drops. Crowder had nine point six, which is a rather large percentage. And then when we look at Kyle Rudolph, who is exceptionally efficient in terms of his hands, 1.7%. And then Vernon Davis, although Vernon Davis was targeted more, he had 10.4% in the drop percentage. So a big, big upgrade across the board, um, you know, in terms of players and their drop percentage. And if you look at catch percentage, that obviously reflects what we're saying there. Look at the tight ends, you know, Vernon Davis, 62.3 in terms of catch percentage. But then we have Rudolph, who is a lot more efficient and is 70.4 in terms of that. We're very, very similar in terms of Crowder and Thielen, 64.1 for both of them, which is a nice number for a wide receiver. But Doxon is the one. And although Doxon's targets were probably further down the field, Diggs is going to get those deep targets as well. And Diggs still managed last season 67.4 in terms of catch percentage, while Doxon only managed a 44.9. So not very good when you're averaging less than half of your catches. Then when you go to overall touchdowns in the season, that is uh, an upgrade across the board for Diggs, Thielen, and of course, as I mentioned, Rudolph. And a lot of that work done in the red zone. That's the amazing thing about Thielen when we look towards this season. Four touchdowns for him on the season last year, so there's still room to grow in terms of touchdowns. He had a lot of 100-yard games. I was very impressed with him overall, what he's done over the last couple of seasons, developing into pretty much a complete wide receiver. But I think if you look at how Cousins can improve that efficiency, even if it is a less passing attempts on the season, I think there's a really strong case to be made and of course then another advantage that probably goes a little bit under the radar sometimes we obviously talk about Drew Brees and his home road splits being indoors versus outdoors and we see that with a lot of players but again they're playing indoors in Minnesota it's going to make it a lot easier so you get eight games indoor at a minimum then you see playing uh, you know in Detroit you get an indoor game depends on who's on the rest of the schedule so uh, really really uh, nice um, you know comfortable <laughs> indoor arenas for uh, Kurt Cousins to be throwing the ball around in this coming season. Another thing that's interesting is if you look at the red zone, that is where Kurt Cousins is really effective. He has exactly 100 passing touchdowns, including the playoffs at this point in time. 64 of them have come in the red zone. 39 of them have actually come inside the 10-yard line. So, uh, And then again, he's very efficient in that he has just five career red zone interceptions on 258 pass attempts. So it's going to be interesting again as he moves in this position because it's somewhere where Minnesota does need to look at improving you know their league average kind of at the position uh, you know in terms of red zone offense the team ranked 13 in red zone efficiency last year they scored touchdowns on 55.6 percent of their red zone trips that was worse than the Bengals Raiders Ravens Bears last year despite ranking fourth in the NFL and red zone opportunities per game so it's going to be a combination of the two it's going to be interesting to see how John Filippo mixes in there you know getting the play call in it's going to be really fascinating man, to see how the changes go in this offense but I do expect it still to be kind of what we've seen from Minnesota last year but I just think overall you have to say that Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Case Keenum and I think then when you get the efficiency you get the usage the improvements around him I think Kirk Cousins is in for another top 10 uh, season in terms of fantasy football and makes it four in a row there so I'm really excited to see what he does this year 
Taking a quick run then through the pass catchers, and I'm going to head up first with Kyle Rudolph, and uh, he finished a career best second among tight ends and fantasy points in 2016, but fell to eighth last year. Eighth, still respectable. It's a tight end one on the end of the season. His share of snaps dropped a little bit. He always prides himself in playing as many snaps as he can, but he went from 92 in 2016 down to 84 last year. We'll see if that balances out this year but 84 is still a healthy number of snaps his pass routes dropped down from 85 to 72 percent his targets dropped from 22 to 15 percent so seven percent drop in target share is quite a large amount and we'll see if that balances back up i think we'll see a regression closer to the 20 percent this year and um, outside of that 2016 season the target share has been around you know 15 16 17 percent but i think he's a good enough tight end and a pass catcher as i mentioned with the sufficiency and how if you look at a situation where while in Washington, Kurt Cousins like to target the tight ends. I think uh, it's safe to say that he'll be looking at Rudolph's way quite a bit. So I'm, I'm interested to see where he goes. I think we'll see him produce wide receiver one numbers again in 2018. My projection so far for the season, I have him down for 59 receptions on the year, just uh, short of 600 yards and eight touchdowns. I think he's going to be a key weapon in the red zone once again. I don't think uh, he's quite the uh, you know red zone weapon that we see with Jordan Reed but I think he is very reliable and very consistent I think he finishes comfortably in that tight end one range on to the wide receivers now looking at Thielen and Diggs obviously they are the one and two or the 1a and 1b depending on which way you want to shake them up I know all the guys at Road of his big Stefan Diggs fans but I know they're all equally now as big of Adam Thielen fans when you look at Diggs metrics wise uh, all look superb but just hasn't been able to stay healthy hasn't been able to consistently put it in he has had big games in his career but just hasn't been able to patch them together for an entire season but I think with the quarterback play now and Kurt Cousins um, I'm excited to see what Diggs can do if he can stay healthy. Adam Thielen, somebody who's really worked hard at his craft over the last uh, three, four, five years, and uh, really developed into one of my favorite wide receivers to watch in the NFL. So, looking at the target share between the two, I think we're going to see Thielen get uh, the upper hand in the target share of Mahemin for 140 targets, of Diggs in for just short of the 100 at 98 targets. And I think that there then balances across the board in terms of receiving yards and in terms of receptions. The interesting part, I still think that we see Thiggs get those touchdowns over Thielen, but as I mentioned a moment ago, if Thielen can just bump those touchdowns up a little bit for last year, you know, if he can get himself to six or seven this year, I think we're in for a, a nice year from him. So I don't think they really need to move anywhere at the wide receiver position in this draft. I think they're pretty much set. It is the running back behind Cook and Murray that I'm interested to see what happens. I think Cook is a player who well he started the season very efficiently last year people have talked to me you know say that I'm a little bit too bullish on how I think he's going to do this year but it's tough to get that you know kind of potential three down workhorse back in fantasy football and I think there is a chance for him to be there obviously the Tavis Murray's there but um, you know I thought he was really strong at points last season but I think the job is there for Dalvin Cook to win and take that three down role so it'll be interesting to see if they do take anyone on late in the draft and work it in but I think what the stock they put in to Cook last year in the draft are going to give him every opportunity coming back from that injury to be the lead horse there in that backfield so overall I think the team not a huge amount of needs obviously we've seen what they did last year and trying to work and improve on that this year and if, if they do that they're gonna be a real threat in that nfc north and of course as well for the nfc conference and that moves on to the super bowl obviously so they're in with a real shot there and i mentioned earlier in the show being a green bay packers fan something that frightens me a little bit but i think uh, they're doing all their moves in the right way improving the team as much as possible and uh, it's going to be a real real great uh, division this year in the nfc north so looking forward to see what they do in the nfl draft 
So that's going to do us for today's edition of the Road of His NFL Draft Series. Of course, as I mentioned, my name is Colin Kelly and you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Matt will be back for the rest of the series. If you haven't checked out the entire series, it is up there on rotavis.com. There is a master page with all the episodes easy for your access to listen into those. If you are subscribed to iTunes or Stitcher or however you're listening to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, you'll be able to check out through the last kind of through the last three or four weeks and you'll be able to find all the episodes. And if it's your favorite team you're looking in for, if it's a player you want to hear more news about, just check it out it's been a fantastic series one of my favorite listens throughout this nfl offseason to get ready for the nfl draft my guest on today's show was chris tomasson you can follow him on twitter at chris tomasson check out all the reports that he has gone on for the minnesota vikings and until i'm back with another show this has been a special edition of road of his radio the flagship show of the road of his radio network have a good one Thank you for listening to this special edition of Rotoviz Radio, the flagship Rotoviz podcast. Special thanks to Hassan Rahim, the producer for this episode, and to Colin Kelly, the assistant executive producer for the podcast channel. Please review the show on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio@gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a thirty percent discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com/podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.